You're listening to the Greek's Gridiron live with Ethan Haristadulu. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to the Greek's Gridiron. I am Ethan Haristadulu, and today on this Tuesday, the 18th, we are doing our Super Wildcard Weekend reactions. Shorter little video where I just kind of give my thoughts on each and every single individual team that played through Super Wildcard Weekend. Basically, what I'll do is I will talk about the winners and the successes they had in their game. And we'll also talk about the losing teams and kind of what I am looking forward to seeing as they head off into the offseason themselves. Uh, make sure you hit that like button, you hit that subscribe button, and do not miss out on all the previews I'll be doing for all four of the divisional games we got coming up this week. So, Let's get into the discussion, shall we? My reactions to Super Wild Card Weekend. A very interesting weekend of games because, to be honest with you, I don't know if the NFL has a playoff problem right now or if it just so happens that the top teams in the league are just that much better than the other teams in the league. Um, we had two games that were actually competitive this weekend, which was a little bit disappointing. Um you know, it started out with uh, the first game of the year, the bang or not year, excuse me, the weekend, the Bengals taking on the Raiders in a really tight one, it, you know, awesome game, really close knit, the controversy and whatnot. And then from there, it was just blowout, blowout, blowout. And then, you know, we had the 49ers Cowboys game, close game again, and then just blowout, blowout, blowout. So a little bit disappointing in that, but Nonetheless, we are moving on to the divisional round. The competition is only going to get tougher now as the number one seeds will finally make their playoff appearances. I'm really excited for this weekend of games, so I hope you guys are as well. Now, let's talk. Like I mentioned, that first game, the Bengals. Awesome game by them. Um, you know, Jamar Chase continuing on with his you know, absolutely dominant rookie campaign, nine catches, 116 yards, no touchdowns, but it wasn't necessary because Joe Burrow was able to find a couple of other receivers as well. But I mean, you want to just talk about Chase and the dominance that he has. You could all day long with how good he is at wide receiver. Uh, the guy's a monster and, and he's only a rookie. He can only get better at this point here. And you have to wonder just how much better can this guy get? Um, you know, Joe Burrow led the opening drive with a score. And I mean, from then on, the, Bur the Bengals just kind of held the lead and kept it going the entirety of the game. Their defense fared really well in this game as well, holding on to a tight game, you know, never really giving anything up too, too much to the uh, Las Vegas Raiders there. They did, however, allow that 310 yards from Derek Carr through the air, specifically over the middle. The linebackers allowed about 136 yards of receiving. So that is something of concern. Like I mentioned in my preview going into this game, I'm concerned about that pass defense over the middle. They tend to let up a lot of yardage, and this game was obviously just another example of that as well. They didn't let up too, too much on the outside, which has been their strength when it comes to the past. It's just that inside for whatever reason, they can't seem to quite lock things up there. Um, they come out of this game, unfortunately, with a lot of injuries and question marks on the D line, which is going to be a problem. What was a strength heading into the postseason now ends up potentially being a weakness because Larry Ogunjobi just got put on IR. Trey Hendrickson left that game with a concussion. Mike Daniels left with a groin injury. And now a lot of questions about that pass rush with, again, what was already kind of a shaky pass D is only going to kind of take a step back now and be an issue. And they're going up against a Titans team that's pretty aggressive. Uh, whether it's on the ground, through the air, they can kind of get it done both ways. We'll have to see how that fares for them. But excited for the Bengals. They did an awesome job this week. Got the W. Joe Burrow and the Bengals, man. I just, I'm rooting for them. They're the team. They're... 
they are the team that I would like to win the Super Bowl this year. I don't know if they're going to, but I would love to see Cincinnati get a big Super Bowl win this year. Now, for the Raiders, the losing team in this affair here, for everything they dealt with, the Raiders, what a what a story that they had. So much drama, so much adversity. They really went down swinging, and, I, and my hat's off to the Las Vegas Raiders, man. They were a team that, honestly, because of all the situations going on around them, had no business being in the playoffs, but they were able to find a way and get it done and get themselves in there. That, in of, in, in of itself is something to be recognized for. Excuse me. Um, Josh Jacobs, for whatever reason in this game, was killing it on the ground, and I don't really know why the Raiders went away from this. He had 13 carries, averaging 6.4 yards per carry, and for some reason, it, the Raiders just like kind of refused to run the ball with him. They just try, they they relied way too much on Derek Carr and him throwing the football. I think he had 54 passes by the end of the game, um, and you know checkdowns after checkdowns, and like the over reliance of that just, in my opinion, ultimately cost Las Vegas. They kind of threw away the balance of their offense and just went real pass heavy. And I understand that that was probably their biggest strength going into the season. The ground game was not super effective all year long but once the Bengals started losing defensive linemen I mean you know they were really thin on, on the entire D-line at that point when you got to like that midpoint in the game when they started losing everybody take advantage of that get after it pound the rock see what you can get done I'm surprised that they didn't run the ball more with the success Josh Jacobs was having um, and of course the phantom whistle, uh, the one that everyone was talking about when it happened, uh, you know, it was right before the receiver caught the football for the Bengals. And listen, um, I understand the rule. A buddy of mine who works as a referee does a lot of explaining to me with a lot of these things. I always ask him questions whenever controversial calls come up like this. And from my understanding... One, it was so close. It's up to the referees while they're on the field to kind of come to de to a determination as to like when that whistle was blown. And per the rules, I understand that, you know, when a whistle is blown, the ball is supposed to be dead, but they felt on the field. And you have to remember, they're not seeing that replay a hundred times like we are on television. They get to see it happen once live in person. After that, they don't see it again. Um there's no reviewing of a phantom whistle. So, you know, if, if that's the question that's going on, you can't just go back and look at a review to review that whistle. So that's the biggest problem there. I understand that, yeah, did it did it cost Raiders points because it technically shouldn't have counted? Yes, but at the same time, how much did it really affect the play? I get it. Rules are rules, but you have to kind of look at the situation. And again, remember, the referees are not having that replayed to them a hundred times. In my opinion, they got it wrong, but because of the situation and just what was going on on the field at the time and how it was kind of determined uh, post-play, there's nothing you can really do about it. I don't really think it changed the scope of the game that much. There was still plenty of time. Rich Basakia said the same thing. With that in mind, I am excited to see what the Raiders do this offseason. There's going to be a lot of change going on, whether Basakia gets a shot to actually be the head coach for you know the foreseeable future and who they end up going after with the new GM, because obviously Mike Mayock is out. There's going to be a lot of changes in the front office um, and, to, and leadership of this team. I think they did an awesome job with all the adversity, and I think they can only go up at this point here considering everything that happened to them this year. I'm very excited to see where the Raiders go. Now, the Bills and Patriots. For the Bills, talk about dominance, absolute dominance. Josh Allen, five touchdowns, 308 yards through the air. I think he had 66 yards rushing as well. Dude looked awesome. It felt as though he could do no wrongs in this game. The guy just, you know, killed it all game long. It's, it's un the 
the Bills, when things are clicking on their offense, have got to be one of the best units in the NFL. When they're clicking, they when they play bad games, it looks so bad. A la the six to nine loss to the Jaguars. But when they are playing good, competent football, one of the best, if not the best offense in the league. On top of that, their running game really starting to come on and emerge the last few weeks. Going into the game uh, with the Patriots in my preview, you know, I kind of talked about their lack of running game, but they had been kind of building something, but I wasn't too sure if I could really like kind of sell it, sell it and be in and really believe in it. But I mean, 16 carries for 81 yards and two touchdowns for Devin Singletary. This is going to be a problem if they're starting to open up running lanes for their running backs. Uh, my biggest, I think, knock against them all season long was just their true lack of a running game outside of Josh Allen. And now that the running backs are starting to get involved in well as well, <laughs> good luck to the rest of the league is all I really got to say. Um, the defense continued to dominate. They looked like the number one unit in the league going through this entire game, three sacks, two interceptions. They only allowed 305 yards through the game. I mean, the defense looked fantastic. Micah Hyde's pick was absolutely absurd. It literally didn't even, when it happened live during the play, it didn't even look like he picked the ball. It looked like it just kind of, it looked like the, the Patriots receiver caught it, but obviously he didn't. It was a real weird, weird interception, but it was a fantastic interception at that. The Bills are going to be a problem. They, you know, basically just put the entire rest of the playoff teams on notice. We are here and we're here to try to get things done. And I'm looking forward to see how they fare going up against KC this weekend for the Patriots. I think my biggest takeaway from this has got to be that they just, they need some juice. Um, the, 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 it's old, the defense, it's old, it's slow. It does not, they, they don't move as quickly as some of the younger, much faster defenses in the league. And I think that was kind of apparent watching this game. I felt like they just could not keep up with the Bills in this entire game from start to finish. That very first drive to the very last one. While Mac Jones had two interceptions, um, he and Kendrick Bourne are probably the only good things about that offense the entire game. Um, I'd love to see Kendrick Bourne get featured a little bit more in the offense because he really started to catch fire towards like the back half of the year. And I would love to just continue to see him grow in this system because he did a really good job this year as being like the one truly reliable wide receiver on the Patriots offense. Uh, but it's very clear to me that there is a massive gap between them and the Bills that needs to be filled. They need to get an infusion of talent on defense. They need to get younger. They need to get faster. They need to get more aggressive because by the end of this game, it felt like, well, not even the end of this game, honestly, by halftime, it felt like the Patriots D kind of just gave up. But um, clearly a much larger gap than I think people realize in what that first meeting and those crazy weather conditions kind of led everyone to believe initially. Um I think on top of that with the defense, they need to find themselves a true number one wide receiver. Kendrick Bourne has been fantastic for what he's done. Uh, Henry has been an excellent tight end addition for the team as well, but they need to either go and draft, which the track record is not great in the draft, but they need to either go and draft or maybe sign a free agent wide receiver if there's going to be one that they can bring in. Now for the Bucks and the Eagles, the champs, Pretty much rolling all game long. There was never a point in the game where I really felt like the Eagles had any shot of winning this game. Um, they were able to stall the Eagles rushing offense to 95 total yards and just a single touchdown, really slowing things down to Philadelphia, considering how high flight this rushing offense has been. Uh, they really forced Jalen Hurts to basically try to win the football game with his arm and he could not get it done. They nailed a couple of picks, um, really forcing some bad decision making from Jalen Hurts. 
when the defense has their entire linebacking core in Tampa Bay, they've got to be one of the best defenses in the league. I feel like it's a different unit when you got, excuse me, Levante, David, Shaq Barrett, and all those guys out there. They just look, they look like a different team. Levante David is the unquestioned heart and soul and leader of this defense. And I think that it was very apparent missing him the last few weeks that the Buccaneers are probably missing him quite a bit. And seeing him in this game come back off his injury looked really good, really fresh and ready to roll. Levante David has been through his entire career, one of the low key, better linebackers in the NFL. And I think now that he's on like a team that's Super Bowl contender, he's getting the love he deserves. But I mean, Levante David has been an excellent linebacker and has really come to grow into the true like leader of that defense. Uh, Brady looked good, crazy fast release time during this game. Um, running game complimented him really well. 106 yards on the ground, two touchdowns. Uh, despite the lack of offensive weapons, not even lack of, I don't want to say lack of offensive weapons because they still have Gronk and they still have Mike Evans, Scotty Miller, and you know they have a handful of guys there that are still pretty good. But um, despite losing so many offensive weapons to injury, not having Leonard Fournette, uh, Antonio Brown leaving the team, not having Godwin, I mean, there's so much to, to look at and be concerned about, but the offense still looked really good. And Brady, you know, at the age of 44, one of the fastest releases of his career, it felt like, the way he was throwing the football just over like two seconds a clip every time he dropped back. Incredible game by the defending champions. For the Eagles, um, firstly, I have to say, I, I love what Nick Sirianni has been able to do with this team. I was really doubting him early in the year. I'm a Colts fan too, so you know I loved him over in Indianapolis, and when he went to the Eagles, I was pretty pretty confused as to him getting a head coaching job because he was not somebody that I expected to be a head coaching candidate when he got when he got signed to Philadelphia but um and, and again I love what the Eagles offense became I love that they found a true identity and they were able to really pound the rock I'm all for a dominant running game but on, if if you can't pass the football effectively no matter how good your ground game is it's not going to get the job done. And I think that was pretty evident going into this game. On top of that, the defense in coverage just had a horrendous time trying to slow Brady and the Bucks down initially with all those just quick throws and everything like that, the checkdowns, the slants, everything that the Buccaneers are running that early part of the game we're just giving them absolute headaches. I mean, two seconds to react and try to get, you know, to try to, to get into position to d- defend a pass is not enough time. Brady was just ripping shots left and right down the field, not down the field, excuse me, in short passes. Um, it, it's unfortunate, but the Eagles definitely have a lot of work to do. Their offense definitely needs to grow a bit. I think, you know, Devontae Smith was a great addition at wide receiver. They need to find some more receiving threats. On top of that, the drops in this game were ridiculous. I feel like I was watching Dallas Goddard drop a lot of passes that I would not expect a tight end of his caliber to do because he has been one of the better tight ends in the league this year. Um, I do want to shout out the pass rush, though. Excellent game from them. They had Honestly, this game would have been a lot worse had those sacks not come when they did on certain drives, uh, able to get to Brady four times. I think that... Overall, though, this is a great first year for the Eagles post-Wentz. Um, I don't think anyone had them pinned for the playoffs. I certainly did not. I had them ranked as the fourth worst team in the NFC East, so bottom of the four. Um, I give so much credit to Nick Sirianni and what he has done. Uh, it's clear that you know he's it was his first-year head coach, and I think he got a little bit outcoached there by BA and company over there in Tampa Bay. But in due time, I do expect a lot from the Eagles. I think that they're only going to get better, and I'm excited to see where the team goes going forward. Now... 
Let's talk about the big upset for the weekend. I went 5-1 and one on playoff predictions, and this was the one game I got wrong. And honestly, I picked the Cowboys with the thought in the back of my mind that I really felt like the 49ers could upset in this game. But I just, I felt like I bought into the idea that this year was going to be different because I did not want it to be same old Cowboys. I wanted to see them maybe win a game in the playoffs. I didn't think they were going to win the Super Bowl, but I also did not think that they were going to kind of crumble and fall apart the way they did in this game. First, we'll talk the 49ers before we talk about them, though. Uh, Kyle Shanahan, offensive mastermind. Offensive mastermind. A, a blown leads aside, this guy knows how to scheme up some ridiculous games, and I want to give him all the credit in the world. Debo Samuel, dude is an athletic freak, whether he's a running back or a wide receiver or just an offensive weapon, whatever the hell he is, that dude is an absolute madman. Uh, you know, talk about being one of the most versatile players in the NFL. You can do so much with him. And it's crazy to me to think that when he met with the New England Patriots, he literally posted a video on Instagram in his stories saying, hey, Bill, see you in a month, and then wanted to go to the Patriots and did not go to the Patriots. I mean, talk about a miss on that one. I saw somebody post that and mention that earlier. Um, was it a couple days ago? And I just thought that was such a crazy thing to see. You know, the Patriots could have had a shot at Debo, but here he is on the 49ers being like the heart and soul of this offense. So good. It's incredible the way the 49ers run their offense because the passing game is not necessarily great, but they get enough done and that that the 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 trickiness and just the the like diverse system that you see going on there is just incredible. So shout out to Kyle Shanahan. I sound like I'm praising the guy too much, but I mean you you how do you not? Um the defense as well, incredible. Be able to slow down one of the league's best just scoring offenses, yard yards per game. I mean, the Cowboys ranked high and if if not number one, like number two in almost every offensive statistical category. And the defense really showed up, showed out, locked things down, and did an excellent job frustrating the Cowboys offensively. And they just had an excellent game overall. Obviously, there were some injuries to look at. Fred Warner said he's going to be okay. It sounds like he's going to play this week against the Packers. However, aside from that, injuries, my goodness. Jimmy Garoppolo has a sprained shoulder. Nick Bosa left that game with a concussion. Who knows if he's going to be able to play. It sounds like Jordan Willis, uh, Willis with his high ankle sprain is not going to play as well this week, which is definitely going to be an issue for them going up against Green Bay because you need all the pass rush you can help. There is a potential that you miss your two like two top flight pass rushers and Garoppolo is expected to practice today. If that happens or not remains to be seen. We'll have to see how it goes. Uh, but this could be a mess for the 49ers heading into Green Bay, and I'm a little bit worried. For the Cowboys, talk about getting in your own way. This was such a disappointing loss for them, and I think that, you know, this team felt really, really good, and I was really excited for them. But talk about getting in your own way with the penalties just every single way. And then on top of that, listen, I understand Trayvon Diggs had 11 picks, but he got torched all game long as he has pretty much all season. I understand that, you know, he had 11 interceptions and you can't take that away from a player. But the fact that he won an all pro kind of didn't really make sense to me and honestly I just feel like it's because he was on the Cowboys that he got an all pro I don't want to discredit Trayvon Diggs because the guy is a turnover machine <clears throat> but he also lets up so many yards a game and like he's just too inconsistent in my opinion to be an all pro like he's a hyper aggressive cornerback that let, like overcommits too much and gets beat way too frequently to be an all pro in my opinion um 
Micah Parsons, despite the dominant rookie campaign that he had, slowed down a little bit in this game. He was all over the field making tackles, but no sacks, no real big, massive splash plays that we were seeing from him all year. But uh, really excited to see his development and how he turns out because this, that guy, he, he, he won defensive rookie of the year by far. Uh, and he's definitely an MVP con- in the MVP conversation as well, for or de- defensive MVP conversation as well. Or defensive player of the year, not defensive MVP, excuse me. Um, offense, Prescott was really up and down. Zeke can't really get the ball, couldn't get the ball going on the ground either. Um, Prescott, I'm really disappointed in what he said at the end of the game. He was, you know, he, <clears throat> he was kind of scolding fans for throwing stuff on the, onto the field at the players. And then when he found out it was to the referees, he was saying, oh, credit to them. Um, I, I think that's such a terrible take you know, be mad that you lost and be upset with it, you know, learn from that, grow from that. I understand that, you know, you really felt like this was your year, but do not blame the referees for this loss. This was all undisciplined. The Cowboys were one of the most undisciplined and most penalized teams in the NFL this year. And I talked about that during my game preview and to see them kind of get in their own way and blow this game. And then for Prescott to go and turn around and be like, oh yeah, credit to the fans for throwing stuff at the referees. Like, no, 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 no. Your team needs to get their shit together and you guys need to get it together next season. Mike McCarthy needs to do a better job of organizing you guys and making sure you know what you should be doing on plays and getting yourself set. This team had no discipline this year, and that's the reason that they lost this game. They had every opportunity to win this game, but just kept getting in their own way. Um, and then also, you know, what the hell was that play call at the end? I don't really know. Um, I've seen some people try to defend it. Uh, you usually want 16, 17, maybe 18 seconds of clock time. If you're going to be doing something like that, that late in the game to set yourself up, uh, you're supposed to give the ball to the referee because the referee does have to down the ball. Uh, I've, I've seen some people say, oh, well, how is Dak supposed to get the referee, the football, the referee was like 15 yards away. Well, he is the ump and he is supposed to be that far back. So it is what it is, but you know, you're supposed to, you're supposed to get the ball and hand it to the ref at the end of every single play. They always spot the ball. That's nothing new. Uh, talk about lack of situational awareness, whether that was Mike, Mc- you know, Mike McCarthy, given the okay for Kellen Moore to call that play and not overriding it. However you want to look at that. Um, just poor coaching, poor situational awareness, and just another strike on McCarthy's resume of not being able to game manage very well. For the Chiefs and the Steelers, Chiefs had a real slow first quarter, but then really picked things up in that second quarter and then you know ultimately ended up dropping 42 points on the Steelers. Definitely felt like a direct shot at the Bills by far. If you know they watch what Buffalo did the night before, I think that they felt like, all right, we kind of have to do the same in this game as well. Mahomes was 30 of 39, 404 yards, five touchdowns, and a pick. The guy looked great, excellent offensive unit. Um, this is definitely the Kansas City Chiefs of old that we were expecting to see coming into this one here against the Pittsburgh defense. That is not quite the unit that they were last year, and that's putting it lightly. The defense did an excellent job, uh, 257 yards total allowed through the entirety of the game. Um, they shut down Najee Harris, you know, rookie that was killing it all year long, 1,000-yard rusher, I believe 1,000-yard rusher in his rookie campaign there. Uh, 12 carries for 29 yards on the ground. You want to talk about shutting down a ground game and then preventing the Steelers from really doing much in the past. I mean, 257 yards total is, is pretty good stuff, to sp- even if it is the Steelers and they've had a somewhat struggling offense all year long. Um, Buffalo will obviously prove to be a much more potent matchup. And we'll talk about that in the game preview, but I am still kind of like shaky on the defense here. And also like, I don't know the, the first like six weeks of the season has really left just a, like a worried taste in my mouth. Cause I, 
you know, is this Chiefs team this team or is it the team from before? Did they revert back somewhere in the median and end up being like somewhere in between the team we saw at the beginning of the year and the team we've been seeing now? We'll have a really good test in Buffalo to find out. Um, I'm excited for this Chiefs-Buffalo's game. I'm, you know, I think that getting this, you know, AFC Championship rematch from last year is something everyone wants to see. I definitely want to see it, and I'm really excited to see it. So, be a great game and a fun one to watch, I'm sure. For the Steelers, uh, you know, offense stagnant, couldn't really get a bunch done. I was really impressed by the defense going through that first quarter. TJ Watt scooped that fumble and returned it for a touchdown, and I really felt like there was an opportunity that the Steelers might pull some crazy upset. Uh, but ultimately, that was not the case. The defense at that point started to kind of crumble and fall apart. Uh, you know, touchdown after touchdown, literally that next drive after the scoop and score, it just kind of went south for Pittsburgh. Um, honestly, I don't know what the Steelers do at quarterback going into this offseason, but I am very curious to see what they do, and I'm looking forward to seeing how it gets handled. Uh, I expect more so than anything that they draft another quarterback. Maybe, you know... Uh, Maybe it's Coral or somebody else. I don't know. But I expect if if I was to take my guess, they go draft a quarterback and have him compete against Dwayne Haskins and maybe Mason Rudolph. I was reading somewhere that Mason Rudolph is going to be in the conversation of starting quarterback for next year, which I don't think is the right idea. But, you know, he has been there in the system for a handful of years. I'm also curious to see if they end up moving on from Matt Canada or not. They haven't done anything yet. But, I mean, maybe they're taking some more time to review their, you know, their entire season's work. But, O-line's got to be addressed. <clears throat> Excuse me. I keep losing my voice here. O-line's got to be addressed. Um, I expect a full competition at the quarterback spot. I don't know if they're going to go for like a big trade or big ticket free agent. I guess it really depends on who's available in free agency if they end up going that route. But um, a trade for a quarterback would be... I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to go anywhere anymore. I think Green Bay has kind of, you know, they've kind of reset the ship and sailed away from all that drama. Russell Wilson obviously is exploring his options from what I've heard. He is still in on contract though. So I mean, ultimately whether he moves or not, I don't know. I think it would be best for him to stay in Seattle for one more year, but it sounds like he may want to be out. Um, Curious to see where they go, but offensive line definitely needs some addressing. Uh, defense could use some work as well, secondary especially, and then ultimately the O-line definitely needs to be reworked because they took a crazy amount of hits to start the season on the offensive line, losing to Castro, Pouncey uh, retired obviously during the offseason, and you know Villanueva leaving. There was just so much loss on that offensive line. I don't think they were prepared for all of that. And then lastly, Monday night's game, another blowout. I, I don't know what it is with this wild card weekend, but the home teams dominated and dominated big time. Um, the Rams, this looked like the Super Bowl contending team that everyone kind of expected to see uh, to kind of explode out of the gates and get things going. Um, it, Stafford had a, the best passer rating in Rams playoff history uh, for a quarterback. Cooper Cup and Odell were outstanding in the game. Odell had that awesome throw uh, and just catches left and right. Cooper Cup, especially late in the game, really came on strong. It took him a little bit to catch fire, but when he did, he was going off. And I want to shout out Cam Akers. I mean, my goodness. To have spent the entire year injured with that Achilles issue and then to come back for the playoffs and look as good as he did in this game, there was a reason Cam Akers won the number one starting role. And I think seeing Cam Akers run the football the way he is is showing us exactly what the Rams really want this offense to be like, where Stafford doesn't have to throw the football 45 times in a game for them to be successful. They can pound the hell out of the rock and then also have Stafford play very efficient football and it, I think we saw the full form of what this Rams offense could be and what they wanted it to be at the beginning of the season 
obviously with the loss of Robert Woods being a thing, but they have Odell Beckham to kind of replace him. We're getting the true Rams team right now, and it's a scary-looking one as well on offense. Defense suffocating as well. Sacks, interceptions, the pressure that they were bringing all game long. This is the dominant Rams defense that I think a lot of people were expecting to see this year because the Rams D has not been quite as good as they were last year. And I and I and you know I've kind of said it here and there throughout the year. If the Rams defense was playing the way they were last year, this year, the Rams probably would have went undefeated at this point with how good that they're how good they could have looked. But ultimately, they are where they are. I really like the way they look. They're going to be a tough matchup for Tampa Bay, regardless of the fact it's in Tampa Bay. I'm and honestly. I hate picking against Tom Brady, and I'm going to have to do a lot of looking at both these teams before I make my decision on who wins that game, but I don't know if the if the uh, Buccaneers can get this game done against the Rams. I, I just, I'm not sure. I'm, I'd have to really look at that and make a decision, but curious about how that matchup goes, and I'm definitely excited for it. Lastly, the Arizona Cardinals. First up, I just want to say prayers up to Buda Baker. Hope all is well with him and his recovery, and he gets healthy, and he's good to go, and no lingering effects because that was a monster hit. Um, I don't think Cam Akers meant to disrespect him in any way. I don't think he realized that, you know, Buda Baker was hurt the way he was because that whole like hit flip and roll that Buda did was behind Cam Akers and he didn't see Buda until he like turned around and he was already on his back. So um, I definitely don't think Cam Akers meant any disrespect or anything like that in, you know, Twitter and the internet can relax with the way that they were talking about Cam Akers afterwards saying, I hope you tear his Achilles again. You're not supposed to wish ill will on anyone, even your enemies. But regardless, Cardinals team, um, Kyler Murray just looked completely thrown off the entire game from from start to finish. There was never really a moment where I felt like Kyler was doing much right, whether it was the pressure or just, you know, the inability to, to I mean, he didn't really have a ton of time. So to be fair, him to be, to be as shaky as he was kind of makes sense. I mean, that that Rams defensive front was getting after him a lot in this game. Um, two first half interceptions really put them behind the inability to get the ground game really going as well was definitely a big issue. It felt like it really felt like the Cardinals were just throwing the football all game long. I, I really can't remember a ton of runs just off the top of my head. Like thinking about it, I, I just felt like I, all I can picture when I think of this game in my head is Kyler Murray running for his life. But, but um, yeah, inability to get the ground game going, the, the interceptions, the pressure was just insane. Um, as for the defense, just no real answers for the Rams offensively at all throughout the entirety of the game. If they weren't allowing touchdowns, they were allowing field goals. And this was just an overall really bad game from the Cardinals. And it just feels like they completely ran out of steam at this point. J.J. Watt, though, looked really good. I will say that. He looked really good in his return. Awesome that he got to come back and play for that playoff game. Um, but just a really poor performance overall from the Arizona Cardinals. Um, and then as for them going forward, I don't know what they need to do because I don't really understand what happened. I really don't. Arizona was my number one team for a while in power rankings throughout the season. They just looked so good that first half of the season. They hit the midpoint and then just like fell off. So I don't know what that was all about. I'm really curious to see where, what they do in the offseason to kind of correct this issue, whether it was just Cliff Kingsbury and and not being able to keep his team together. I don't know. Like, I really don't know what the issue is. This is one I'm going to have to really look at and kind of figure out what the hell went wrong over there in Arizona. But ultimately, a disappointing end to what was an awesome start to the season. You know, wish them the best in whatever it is they try to retool and redo over in the offseason. But man, what a disappointing finish. 
But that is my reactions and takeaways from this past weekend. Uh, I would love to know what you guys think in the comment section down below. What did you take away from this? You know, how are you feeling about some of the wins and losses? If, if you were rooting for any of these teams, how do you think they fare going into the offseason or going into the divisional round? Uh, but I appreciate you guys for watching. I will catch you all in the next video. We'll be doing game previews all week of the divisional matchups. So make sure you don't miss out on those. Hit that subscribe button so you know when they go up. I will see you guys in the next video. Have a good rest of your Tuesday and a great I guess not. Yeah, great start to your week because yesterday was a day off for a lot of people. Have a good one.